I'm Matt, and uh, you've heard from Jacinda this morning. And uh, we've just been away on two weeks' uh, holiday, like uh, Jacinda said, and um, we was over in Australia. And uh, we bumped into a lot of people over there, met a lot of people that we'd never met, never met before. And, you know, one of the things that just um, just remind, <laughs> reminded me of just how, um, how tough life is um, for people and how much people really just need Jesus. Um, man, we just heard just just with different people that we'd we'd met and bumped into, and and some of their stories, and it's like wow, you know. And and it, it it's very likely the people that are our next door neighbours, the people that we're sitting next to at work, the people that are, you know, we're buying our, you know, pie and chips from at the dairy. It's probably had a lot of similar things going on in their lives. You know, it's just you know life life can throw some tough stuff at people, and. Um, so I um, had some opportunities just to um, you know, talk with a few people about life and faith and pray with a few people. It really was, um, um, I'll tell you some more stories about some of that some other time. But, um, but yeah, it was just um, good to be away, but very good to be back. I have to say, coming here this morning and being with my church family is, uh, is the highlight of my week. So, um, so we're um, kind of in the middle with, of, a, of a series. I know it's sort of taken a... Um, uh, a little bit of a couple of turns the last couple of weeks, but we're doing this series which we're calling Doing Life Together. Doing Life Together. And um, so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to talk about um, something that it's hard to do life together without, and that's communication. But in particular, I'm going to talk about miscommunication. All right? So there was a study done, um, I mean there's been plenty of studies done and you probably you know, could find a number of these things, but there was one I was looking up that was done in 1992 where they, they strapped tape recorders onto uh, people for um, two days solid and just were recording everything that was said. So 75 men and 75 women. And, uh, and what they did on the back of that was they you know, looked at all of the conversations Obviously, half of the words were from the person it was strapped onto, and the other half were from people that were talking to them as they were having conversations. And then they counted all the words that um, that people actually actually said. And um, I know you're probably going to think this is about who talks most, the men or the woman. It's like we're not going to go there, um, but um, but it's about um, they counted about seven and a half thousand words a day that people would. Speak speak. And I know that other studies have been done. Some people say you can be up to as much as 20,000. And uh, eh? <laughs> I heard that. that was, um, so if, say, it was 7,500 words a day, uh, if you lived 70 years, 191 million words. That's quite a lot. And um, yeah, but here's the deal: Do you think we can do 191 million words and never miscommunicate? It's hard to do seven and a half thousand in a day, isn't it? So uh, without miscommunicating, and um, you know the reality is is that we are very likely going to get ourselves into trouble at some point with the things that we say. Here's an example of miscommunication. We'll just put it up a little video here. You've probably seen it before. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächter. Das Gerät, das Überlebensradar. 
Can you hear us? Can you? Hold on. We are thinking. We are thinking. Hello. This is the German Coast Guard. We are thinking. We're thinking. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Communication. There's a book written recently by a Christian guy, a wonderful Christian guy called um, Banning Liebscher. And it was a book all about um, if we're wanting to change the world, to make a real difference in the world, it's all about putting, having our roots deeply in Jesus. And, uh, and he called his book this. And, um, and uh, when he realized that when they came down to Australia and New Zealand, they said, actually, you need to change the name of your book. And they changed it to Grounded instead, and because uh, that didn't really work, didn't really work in New Zealand. So I mean, miscommunication, um, communication that doesn't doesn't really work. And um, you know, the thing is, is that no one ever communicates a hundred percent clearly. No one does. You know, either we don't say what we were thinking or what we we're trying to say, or we what we said what wasn't what we meant to say, or or what we said was understood differently by the person that heard it, or what we said was interpreted in the way that the person listening wanted to, they wanted to actually hear what they wanted to hear, so they sort of heard it, you know, even though it's not what we said. Or, you know, our body language might be interpreted as it didn't quite line up with the words, and so I don't really believe you. Um, you don't really, you know, so it's so many ways where communication can... Um, um, can happen and it be miscommunication, and um, and you know other people can get uh, can get involved in um, in this whole thing of you know miscommunicating. It's like say, for example, um, I didn't say hi to you this morning, and you went and said someone said, "What do you think that means?" Well, Matt didn't say hi to me, and you know the person you talked to, oh, I might be that. You know, he might have just been talking to someone else and didn't, you know, didn't want to break away from that conversation. Or your friend might say, well, maybe, maybe he just didn't see you. Or maybe his mind was in something else. Or your friend might say, you know, maybe he hates you. <laughs> it's like, I don't get better friends if they say things like that. But, uh, you know, like when it comes to um, communication, I have my own particular challenges. I know that some people have bigger challenges than me, but... Um, when I was a very, um, when I was a kid, um, my parents took me to get uh, my ears tested um, because they would be talking to me, um, and often I would just not respond, and so they they were wondering if maybe I've got some hearing difficulties. And um, when I got my ears tested, and they, no, there's nothing wrong with his ears, but there's something about as a kid I would get so focused on something that I would just block everything out. So you know, so I'm not. I think that possibly may still happen from time to time. I'll tell you something else that, uh, that is challenging for me, is that as, a, as an adult a few years back, um, not that long, but a few years back, was starting to realise I was struggling to hear um, people when there was background noise. So whether it's at a party or there was you know, some music playing in the background or there was some machinery going in the background... And, you know, it's probably quite a common thing. And so I thought, like, maybe, you know, after years of, you know, I played some music, you know, in the, 
in a former life, no, in, uh, in my early years, and it, you know, it can be pretty loud um, in bands and things, thought like maybe I've got damaged hearing. And so I went to um, get my ears tested again. And the lady, they, they came back, and she, you know, was very, I think she was a lovely lady, but this is what she said to me. Um, she says, good news. She says, your hearing, is nothing wrong with your hearing. And she said, no, but there's something wrong with your brain. I'm like, I don't know if it's good news or not. It's like someone, just like some lovely person that you don't know telling you there's something wrong with your brain. But evidently, the way my brain works is that it struggles to filter when there's a lot of that background noise. Some people's brains work a lot better than mine. And it struggles to filter out that, that noise. So when you're talking with, um, with people at a party, or, and um, it's just, it's a challenge. And, and often I'm... You're just thinking, like, I have, cannot hear a word you're saying. I'm sort of nodding away and nodding away. And then you realize that they've asked you a question. You're just <laughs> nodding away. And it's, oh, you know. And even yesterday, um, I was at my daughter's netball game and uh, saw a friend who I hadn't seen for a while come and, uh, and was talking to me. And she has been going through a very, very challenging season uh, in, in her life. And... Um, Again, lots of noise around, and she's talking to me about some quite personal things, and her, she's sort of trying to lower her voice because it's of the, the nature of what she was talking about. And I'm you know, it's just, and you, you're really wanting to, you know, empathize, and, and to, and, but just such a struggle hearing what she was saying, and, you know, nervous that you're going to miss it. So communication is, it can be challenging in all sorts of, all sorts of ways. And, you know, yeah, and a lot of the times when we miscommunicate, it's not really a problem. You might say, "Can you, could you pick up on the way home, could you pick up, you know, four litres of milk and some chocolate, and then you turn up home and you've got four bottles of Whitaker's chocolate milk. It's like, sometimes it's not a problem, you know, if you get things wrong. But sometimes it is. Um, and uh, it, can, it can cause uh, hurt. It can push relationships apart um, so today is not a message about like here's how to make sure that we don't miscommunicate because that's just not going to happen 191 million words there's going to be miscommunication but it's it's about knowing that in in the light of that the reality that we are going to miscommunicate either intentionally or, or you know unintentionally then um it's about how do what, what do we do, you know? How do we live with in the light of the fact that we're not going to communicate um, well all the time, and things are going to happen? So, but why don't we why don't we pray? Just pray pray with me as we as we go into it this morning. God, it's just so good this morning to come to the communion table to to be reminded, as, as Steve did so well, of, of how um, much you have done for us. Your, your body was broken as, as the bread represents, your blood was spilt as the, as the juice represents, but it was done so that we could have access to the forgiveness and love and power and life that comes through God, through you. And 
talking this morning about miscommunication, it's one of those things where we're just so grateful that we have a God that we can come to with our mistakes and our, and our stumbles uh, in times when we, we have hurt people inadvertently, in times when things have happened and we kind of realize that we kind of did that on purpose in the heat of the moment and we regret it, God. We can bring those regrets. We can bring our shame. We can bring our, our problems. We can, we can bring them to you and you, you welcome us with open arms with forgiveness and love and, and, and you pick us up and you dust us off and you go, it's okay, let's, 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 let's do this again. Let's, let's have another go. Let's do better this time. Just such incredible love and forgiveness that you, you give to us. And I, God, I pray that for each person here who we all have our stories of how things have gone wrong when it comes to this whole thing of communication. God, that you would, everything that we hear would, would land on that foundation that you love us and that you accept us, and that it's all about being able to move forward in a way that we can, we can grow, we can do better with your help, and that the future, God, will, can, uh, can be so much more than, than the past because of you. Just help us, each one of us, to hear the words that you have for us this morning. Maybe it's just a sentence. Maybe it's just a word. Maybe it's just an idea. But the thing that you have for us, God, have, may you open our heads and hearts that that would land there and it would, it would, it would lodge there because it will, it will help us and take us forward. Amen. Amen. Going to read from a couple of key scriptures this morning about this whole thing of communication. The first one is from from James, and could I just say that uh, one of the things I did years ago as a young Christian, and it's um, uh, back in the day where uh, we actually read our Bibles from on on paper. Um, I know many of us do it uh, on our digital devices now, which is great to have those. But one of the things I did with uh, with the Book of Proverbs is I went through with coloring in pencils and. And every proverb that talked about money, I'd, do it, I'd sort of highlight it with one kind of color. And every proverb that talked about um, issues to do with sex, and I'd, I'd do that with another color. And issues to do with, uh, with our words, I'd do with another color. And you can just go through and you can just see there really is just such wisdom around all these different areas of our life. And Proverbs is a small part of the Bible. It's about 31 chapters long. But boy, there is some real, real wisdom there. If you ever think, like, gosh, the Bible... Such a big book. What do I read? Well, Proverbs is something I would strongly recommend that you, you dip into regularly. just gives you wisdom. And wisdom, the way I describe wisdom is it's skill at living life. Skill at, who wants to be skilled at living life? I know I sure do. So just dip into that. And especially if we're looking at this thing of doing life together, just, just maybe something you might want to just spend a little bit of time you know, reading. Wonderful, wonderful wisdom. But this morning we're going to hear from James. There's another guy... James was the, um, um, so Jesus was born of Mary, uh, born near the Immaculate Conception, um, conceived by the Holy Spirit, uh, before Joseph and Mary were married. And after Jesus, they did marry and they had more kids. And James is one of those. So James was the, you know, the younger brother of, of Jesus. Spent his whole life around him. And um, what I love about James is this, this uh, the book in the Bible that, that he wrote is just real practical wisdom. 
real just practical wisdom about how to live life and live life together. And he's talking, and as we, as we get into here, he starts talking about the words that we say. So let's read. This, this one is, uh, this part is from the Message Bible. James 3 verse 2. If you could find someone whose speech was perfectly true, you'd have a perfect person in perfect control of life. It's just what we've been saying, isn't it? It's like, you know, is there a perfect person? No, you know, when it comes to speech, no one gets it right. A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It takes only a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By our speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it, smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. It is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It's never been done. The tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues we bless God our Father. With the same tongues we curse the very men and woman he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth. My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples, do they? You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a cup of clear, cool water, are you? So here's James saying what we've been saying. You can't tame the tongue. You can't tame the tongue. You may be in church this morning for the very first time. You might never have gone to church in your life. You may have been scared of coming along to church because you think to yourself, like, you know, I've just, uh, my life's not in a place really, it's not, I'm not good enough to really come along to church. A lot of people think that, and, um, which is not at all what it's all about. It's, um, it's a place to come to, to connect with others that are on a journey of trying to do life better with God's help. Um, but you might be here just for the church for the first time, and you might be thinking, yeah, I have a hard time controlling my tongue. It's like this guy's like, it's like he's talking about me. And you might be looking around and thinking like, all these nice people here, you know, I bet you they're not having this kind of challenge with their, their tongue. Let me tell you, all these nice-looking folk all around you, we're all in the same boat. Our tongues, they're just uncontrollable. They're out of control. You know, some some of us, or some some of you, um, um, very likely have got better as you've you've gone on in life around um, how you speak and using wisdom around when you say things when what to say in certain challenging situations. Uh, You've got wise around um, when to um, pull out of conversations. And uh, have you ever had a conversation where you've wished you've, if only I'd have pulled out, you know, about five seconds ago. Um, But... um, and, and often that, that, that come, that growing and getting better at um, the words that we, we speak. And um, it, it comes with, with hard work and learning some skills and, and with God's help. But still, still not perfect. Still not perfect. 
And James is saying that as well as making mistakes, the words that, that we can say can be very, very powerful. You know, it can set a, set a whole forest on fire. Or you could blow, blow a whole relational network apart. It's that kind of power, that kind of thing. It can influence the course of our life and the lives of others more than anything in life. You might think that's a pretty big statement to say, but that's, that's the reality. It can influence the course of our life more than anything, the words that are said to us, the words that we say. can set a tone for life and relationships, can set the tone for who we become. So it all gets like, wow, you know, so on the one hand you're saying that our tongues, are, we can't really control what the things that we say, it's a bit out of control, and on the other hand you're saying it's the most powerful thing that, uh, in terms of how our life is going, where we're going with life. It's uncontrollable. Even those that are mature will say things that they regret from time to time. Tongue, you know, the scriptures there say the tongue runs wild can cause emotional wounds, can draw emotional blood, can create emotional um, murder. You know, and my guess is, is that a lot of you have seen this kind of thing. You've either seen it happen to others, you've seen it happen to you, you've seen or you've been the one that's done the damage. It's it's carnage. Okay, so bad news, lots of bad news. Is there any hope? Is there any hope for us? Let me read another scripture to you, and this is a scripture about, okay, what do we do with that? What do we do in the light of the fact that our tongues have so much power that there is times when um, things happen and we go, oh, no, we've, we've, we've started a forest fire or we've, um, we've drawn emotional blood in with, with people that are, that are important to us. What do we do? Well, let's look at another scripture, some words of wisdom and encouragement and, and hope, really, from, from Paul the Apostle, who wrote the, the book of Ephesians, to the church in Ephesus. He's writing this to them. And, and again, it's another book which is full of um, Paul's wisdom around just doing life well with others. So Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, can I just say, Ephesians, again, if, you, if you're into going away and doing homework on a Sunday afternoon on the back of church. Ephesians chapter 3 and 4 are all great. They all, if you read that whole chunk together, so, so helpful um, for doing life together. But here's a piece here that uh, I've just uh, used for today. Ephesians 4 verse 26. It says, Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. So again, this is out of the Message Bible. You may be familiar with the uh, other translations that will say in your anger do not sin okay but this is the message translation here where it says go ahead and be angry you do well to be angry but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry don't go to bed angry don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life then into verse 29 do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And what Paul's saying here, and the whole of Ephesians chapter 4 is all talking about how with God's help we can be different. With God's help, we can be different. 
with God's help, we can control the tongue. This is the hope that we have here. You know, Paul says in verse 29, he says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. And again, different people have interpreted that word unwholesome in different ways. Some people say it's like a word that is, uh, is like being rotten. Don't let any rotten talk come out of, your, out of your mouth. Talk that pollutes the atmosphere, that damages relationships. So let me, let me ask you this. Like, like parents, you know, how's, how is it, how's the atmosphere at home with your kids? You know, how is that? Are you are you creating what sort of atmosphere is being created in, in your in your conversation, in your words? Is it is it one where your kids are feeling secure and loved and they're being drawn to you, they're being drawn drawn towards God, they've been encouraged? Or is it maybe that it's creating insecurity and you know, there's criticism and discouragement and, and it's there's it's so pushing them away. This is so, so important. Spouses, how is, how is it going? How is the, the language? You know, the, is, it, is it kind and, and tender-hearted or is it, is it bitter and angry and um, you know, sharp, sharp-edged? You know, Paul... What he's saying here is that when it comes to this stuff here, when he says, don't let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, he's just saying, he's saying you need to learn to bite your tongue. You need to learn to bite your tongue. Remember there's, um, and, and sometimes it might even help if we bite, if we actually, instead of it just being a phrase, like, no, I'm not saying anything, we actually like, you know, just, you know, give ourselves a little bit of pain just to remind ourselves, like, you know, take our, take our mind off the, uh, the potential that's in front of us to actually say something that would hurt. And Paul talks about a particular time when there is real potential for communication, miscommunication, for things to go to go bad. And that's what he's talking about when you get angry. Has anyone ever been angry? Uh, it happens, and uh, you know, and Paul's saying like anger is not the anger is not the problem, but what you do when you're angry, that that's the that's where it gets tough. That's where it gets like woo, um, and um, when the adrenaline's pumping, when you know like it's just like it's just there. So so much more potential for. The, the wrong words to come out, words that will actually cause those emotional stabbings and draw emotional blood. And um, I can remember there was a, there was a, you know, I don't know, I don't know why, but it's often, see, I've heard this with a lot of couples, but sometimes driving in new places can be a potential for challenges and I remember a time when Jacinda and I were driving, we were visiting over in America and we are driving around and coming back from the Grand Canyon on a trip and it was dark and it was raining and you know it's just like I'm driving and Jacinda had the map book and it was like you know one of those situations and I don't I can't really remember what happened but I can just remember that just this like you know just the old lava f- starting to kind of go and uh, 
And I'm just thinking, like, man, this is like, I am like. And I just remember turning to her and I said, do not say one more word. <laughs> and I like, I don't really talk like that, eh? And, uh, and, <laughs> and she looked at me like, whoa. <laughs> and it was, it was just like, I was just so nervous that if just one more sentence might just like, boom, you know, and I just, oh. So, um, and she very, I was very grateful that she just decided that um, that might be a good idea not to say another word. Um, and often that's one of the best things that we can do when we're angry is just say, say nothing. You know, a, again, I talked about Proverbs earlier, Proverbs seventeen fourteen. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Paul, but Paul also says, you know, the, the tongue can do great good. The tongue can do great good. I know I've been talking a lot about like the, oh, uh, you know, it's, it's but the, you look at what Paul says here. With the tongue, we can build others up. You know, we can, we can talk with someone that's, and we can speak words, and it's, you know, it can build people up. You can change people. By your words. It talks about your words can benefit those who listen. Can be they can go away from having a conversation with you better off because of that conversation. And you know, often we, we do a lot of um, talking with people about relationships and um, and is one thing that I'll say over and over again is that if you're looking at a relationship like building like like building is that you've got to be building you've got to be adding if it say it's a brick building you've got to be putting more bricks in than you're taking out if you take out more bricks than you're putting in what are you left with eventually you're left with nothing eventually there's nothing there there is no relationship because you've been taking more away than you've been putting in and words is so much like that, is that you know, if words are the, some of these building blocks of relationships, we have got to do more building than burning of the house. And the challenge is, is that you can spend a year building and building, and in five minutes you can just smash the whole thing down. You know? so, but it's got to be about building, you know, building more than it is tearing down. All right, let me just, I'm just going to give you a few little bits and pieces that if, if you're thinking, well, maybe I need some just some practical wisdom of like what to do, you know, there is some challenges here. Is there something I can take away just for me? And maybe just one of these might just be something that you could take away and go, I really could. That's a good one for me. That will help me. So if there's some, here's just some practical help. Um, and I'll just start by reading again from uh, a little bit a little bit earlier on in Ephesians chapter four. I told you Ephesians chapter three and four, great great uh, chapter, you know, verse, chapters in the Bible. This is Paul saying. He says, "As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort, effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace." So that's a, sort of the framework we've, here, we've got here. So here's some, here's some practical ways that we can be humble and gentle, patient, bear with one another, and be at peace with one another. 
And the first thing I want to throw out there for you is to believe the best. Now, when it comes to conversations and communications, it's so easy for us if, we're, if we've got half the information, so easy for us to fill in the gaps with negatives and believe the worst. It's like Matt didn't, talk to, didn't say hi to me this morning when I came in. Matt hates me. You know, I mean, that's like a silly kind of example, but it's that kind of thing. We can often jump to those kind of conclusions. It's like um, my friends cancelled on coming around and hanging out t- tonight. Um, they don't like me anymore. They've, they've found new friends that doesn't want to doesn't want to doesn't want to hang out with me. It's, not, it's like no, it's probably not feeling well, or had a you know something else is you know maybe they're, they're, they've had a, a family emergency, or maybe it's a health thing. It's just just believe the best about people. And, and you might say, well, but, but if I do that, what happens if the best is not the, not, not the truth, not the actual reality? I said, well, too bad, you know? Isn't it better to believe the worst? Wouldn't we, you know that, that verse that, uh, where Jesus says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? We often think it's about the things we do, but it applies just as much to the things that we think. And don't we want other people to believe the best about us? Don't we hate being misunderstood because people have jumped to conclusions because they haven't got, you know, and they've thought, you know, and it's just, well, we need to do that with other people. We need to believe the best. Let me tell you a funny story. Remember Rich Nathan? As those of you that went to the conference, the Vineyard Conference, and Rich Nathan came out, and, uh, and uh, he's, he's a, you know, he was, we, we had the privilege of having dinner with him um, uh, one, one evening, and, um, and he told us the story of another pastor that, that, that called him up. This is a few years back, and this pastor... Um, this was around when John Wimber, who was the founder of the Vineyard Movement, was still alive. And John had had um, throat cancer that was cut out. And um, on the back of that, his voice was very, very croaky. So this pastor, who was a friend of Richard's, calls Richard up and, um, and pretends to be John. Because, um, his, you know, no one, his voice was sounding real different. And, uh, and he says, hey, it's Rich here. And he goes, hey, Rich, this is John. It's like, oh, John, hey, you know, it's you know, great, to, great to talk. And, you know, and, and this friend says, so, uh, so what's, been, what's been happening down there, Rich? And, and uh, Rich says, well, we've just come away from this amazing weekend training where we've been, you know, looking at the whole thing of spiritual warfare and, and deliverance and casting out demons. And a lot of people have been trained up and, and, and coached in this. And this pastor friend, you know, pretending to be John, says to him, I don't believe in that crap. And he, oh no, he, says, he says, you don't believe in that crap, do you? And he's, and he's thinking like, this is John Wimber on the phone. It sounded like he said, well, you know, but no, he said that absolutely it couldn't be that. And he just, it's like it was so foreign for him that that would actually be something. And he just actually just, that, that absolutely must have definitely just misheard that completely. And, and, and um, wouldn't we like that to be the way that people deal with us? Is that when they mishear something, uh, anyway, they eventually, just to finish the story off, you know, the guy eventually, the guy at Rich eventually worked out, no, nah, this isn't John, you know. And, uh, and, um, but wouldn't we love people to do that with us? Is that when, when they hear, or they, you know, there's something, we've, we may have say something and we may have just said it poorly and, and wouldn't we love people to go like, you know, Matt's not, you know, that's, that seems an unusual thing for Matt to say. He's not normally like that. I must have misunderstood him or misheard him. Wouldn't we love people to do that with us? 
And so we need to, because we need to do that with other people as well. Get over our insecurities and, and just believe the best about people. Assume that miscommunication has happened if, uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's something that's, that's hard. So believe the best. Second thing is, is to own your stuff. In Matthew 12, verse 34, Jesus said this. He says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And, um, you know, if you find, I often find this amusing when you, um, on a, in a sports event like a rugby game, and some rugby player just gets into, like, just absolutely bashes some guy, you know, just, like, gets so cross and bang, and then everyone's reporting on it, it's just like, it's so unlike him. It's, and I'm just thinking, well, there's obviously something in there that's, a little bit like him, or it wouldn't have happened, you know? Maybe he just bottles it down a lot of the time, and it's like that often with our words too, and we find ourselves saying something, and we go like, oh, what was that? Well, it's often, you know, often it's the heart. It's, come, it's actually coming out of us, those things. And, you know, you'll hear some people say something, and then afterwards they'll, they'll realise that they've said something that's like, wow, I've just said something that's gone over the line here. And they'll say, oh, look, I'm just kidding. It's, you know, it's not serious, but, like, just quite potentially is something that is not joking. It actually came out of their heart and it's actually what they really believe. So when it comes to our own stuff, when we get frustrated, when we get angry, when we get irritated, we've got to realize that off the very initial thing that we do is that you've made me angry, you've irritated me, you've frustrated me, your words have, you know, those words are not okay. But if we ever find ourselves getting irritated or frustrated, we've the, real, the only reason we get irritated or frustrated or angry is because we're not getting what we want. It's the only reason. It is the only reason. Now, sometimes it's fair enough to want things and get angry when we don't get them. Like, I want, I want my kids to be safe at school and not bullied, and I'm angry because they're getting bullied. That's fair enough to get angry about. It's fair enough to get angry about some of the, just the atrocities that are happening around the world. That's fair enough to get angry. But some things, it's just like, I got angry because I was looking at um, I, I'd planned to have a nice peaceful afternoon on my own and some, you know, and something's happened that's interrupted that and so you're angry because you're missing out on the thing that you wanted. So when you find yourself in a bit of a communication mess, it's so important if you can is just to take a breath and go like, why am I angry here? What is it that I'm not getting and and just make sure you know what it is first what is it that you're not getting that you want before you just just and then and then move forward from that point of view it may just be that so oh it's it's all about me i'm just being selfish and i've just got to just i've just got to wind this in and and um shut it down so own your stuff okay third thing is to is again if there's a a miscommunication mess is to take some action. Now, the action I'm talking about is not like, I'm leaving, I'm out of here, I'm gone. That's not the action we're talking about. The action is the other way. It's like, there's a challenge with this person. I need to step towards, step towards it and, and work it through. Um, and it's with the person, not with everyone else except for the person. It's like, oh, can you believe it? You go and get people who are going to tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. Um, and with that, look, for a lot of people, I know that to step towards someone to help fix a 
relational challenge, you may not actually have enough courage. You know, that's and 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 you think like, oh, Matt just says just go and talk to the person. I just like I just can't actually find the courage. Well, in those times, it really is a good thing to do is to get is to borrow someone else's courage. Just get some one person and just go. Can you? Can I borrow your courage? Can we? Can we go together and 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 try and do this? Does that make sense? Yeah. Fourth thing is is to choose to grow in your communication skills. I'm a lot better at communicating now than I was when I was 18 months old. Absolutely, absolutely guaranteed. And I hope that I'm better now than I was when I was 15 years old. And I hope that I'm better now than I was when I was 25 years old. Um, and uh, Jacinda and I, we've been married 26 years. And one of the things that um, I've realized is that there's seasons where we can just drift in our communication. You know, it just, it's not, re- yeah, it's just, and one of the things I was pondering just this last couple of weeks when, you know, with being away on, on holiday is that, um, is that in our relationships, we change. And some of the ways that used to work in terms of communicating, you know, 10 years ago, it's different now. And I'm just thinking, like, I've got to, I've got to, got to grow in my communication skills and work out ways that work now so that we communicate well. So we, you know, grow our communication skills. Learn, learn to learn better words. You know, James again, like um, we said earlier on. No, this sorry, this is this is James three that I haven't talked about yet, but. This is, this is great when it comes to choosing better words. He said, James 3.17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Have I got this on the... Oh, yeah. Um, have you noticed that the, um, the words are off? I think, I think what happens is they have games in here, and I think I bet you that's been hit by a ball. I, you know, I was just trying to work out, why is it off? You know, I bet you that's what it is. Um, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. What a good thing to think. Like, imagine if we stopped and run all of our words through that filter, you know, especially in a, in a tough conversation. You know, maybe, maybe here's something that you could do. You could go and print this off and put it somewhere where you're likely to have an argument. I don't, I don't know if you've got those kind of places at work or at home, but just put, you know, put it somewhere or just... You know, put it somewhere and just think, like, what a great filter. Learn how to avoid saying, this is still under the choosing to grow our communication skills, is learn how to avoid saying wounding, wounding words. You know, like, when you start off in relationships and, and you, you just go, like, wow, I just, like, I didn't think, that felt like a neutral statement, but, boy, did that just hurt someone. It's like, darn, I've got to, I've got to learn not to use those words or... And so, you know, you can get advice around this from wise people. You can learn to bite your tongue. Um, sometimes if you're not sure whether you're going to say things that are going to be, or maybe there's the anger thing or there's, you know, you're just thinking like, I'm nervous, I'm going to say something really bad here that could actually be one of those emotional wounds. Um, you know, sometimes it's better to walk away than to risk that, and it's some, it's, it's almost better to be rude because it's rude just walking out of a conversation, isn't it? But it's better to be rude than to wound someone. Hey, if you had to choose between those two things, I'd choose being rude. Okay. Speak the truth in love, 
It's another thing it says in Ephesians 4, talks about speaking the truth in love. In love. So we've got to work out how to speak the truth in love. Um, you know, I've seen a, um, a counsellor um, at different times, and one of the things I love about counsellors is that they, they're so good at giving me helpful ways to talk about hard things with other people. Give me language. Love it. And again, this growing our communication skills. Learn to fix things when you have said words that have damaged, rela- damaged relationships. Yeah, it says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. It's good advice, which is just fix things as soon as you can. Sometimes, you know, don't, don't think of it as like, what time is sunset tonight? Because I've got, a, I've got another 45 minutes, you know. It's, but it's, it's about saying, just fix it as soon as you can. The longer you leave it, the harder it gets. Okay? And get help if you can't fix things on your own. Sorry, that's the last one there. Number five is um, get, get help. You know, if you're finding that you want to fix you know, a relationship and, and it just, you can't, um, then, then get help. There's a lot of people here. We've got a pastoral leadership team. We've got other people, home group leaders, lots of people that have journeyed with God for a lot of years that have got some real wisdom about this. And um, don't let your house burn down because you're too proud to ask someone for help to fix a relationship. You know, don't let a house burn down because you're too proud to ask someone to help you put out the fire. All right, so there's a whole bunch of stuff on, on communication. Kids are... Uh, uh, it's always like they're always nervous to come in. Like, it's like, oh, are we allowed to come into big people's church? And I says, they're always welcome at big people's church. Um, but let me just finish with this. Do you want to have good relationships with your, with your spouse and with your kids? And um, do, you, do, you want to, do you want to have good relationships with the person sitting next to you or beside, you know, in front of you or behind you? Um, and if we're going to do that, we've got to, we've got to be able to do more building than burning. Does that make sense? We've got to do more building than burning. Come on in, kids. It's great to see you. Let's be, and, and let's, let's be that kind of church. Do you want to be that kind of church? Where we're building more than, you know, building each other up, fixing relationships when they break? Because these are the sort of people, this is the sort of person that I want to be, and these are the sort of people that, that journey well in life. People that are commit to fixing things when, when they don't work. Because we, remember, we're not saying, this is not about like, how do we not miscommunicate? It's about what do we do when we do miscommunicate and make sure that we do well doing life together. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand as we, as we finish? You know, you might be here this morning and you might be looking around and, and, uh, and thinking, there's a lot of people here that seem to really get into this whole God thing. And, but it may not be you. You may have never said, you know, I, I want to know God. I want, to, I want in on this thing. 
I want God's help. I look at my own challenges around communication and I want I want help. And it sounds like God is gives help. I look at all these people and they're like they're saying, Yeah, God's God's real. He's 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 into me and He's into helping. And if that's if that's you this morning, let me just read this um this is from the Psalms. This is the prayer of, of, of King David. If I can find it. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. If that's you this morning and you're just thinking like, wow, you know, would God would forgive all of the things that I've done? Yes, absolutely. He is here with arms wide open, offering forgiveness and love and a future and a hope. Will cleanse you out of his compassion, will cleanse you and wash away your sin and set you on this path where he would walk alongside you, adding his power to your life to make, to make life the way it was meant to be. And is there anyone here this morning that would say, you know, I want that. I want that. I want to say yes to that this morning. Just put your hand up. Cool. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? All right, I'm just going to invite the Spirit of God to come. And as I said, as I started, I would hope that there maybe have just been one thing that has really landed in your heart today. And I just want to pray that, that God would empower you to be able to step forward into that in a way that makes a difference in your, in your life and your relationship. So let's, let's, let's pray together.